Well, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us here live and online. We are excited for today and the, what we get to celebrate. And so we have the opportunity to highlight not only our graduates, but also um, celebrate and highlight our student ministry and what God has been doing in the lives of our students and also through what God is doing through our student ministry. So at this time, I'm going to actually ask all of our uh, HSM student leaders, well, student leaders, leaders to come up. So if you guys can come up on stage here, uh, would you please give it up for all of them? I, uh, I am super thankful and beyond grateful for this amazing team. It feels kind of like the Marvel movies when the team assembles um, and you see all of these leaders. Uh, I will make my way on this side now. Um, personally, uh, this is honestly what allows our student ministry to happen. I get the opportunity and the privilege to be the student pastor, but these guys are what makes the ministry work. They're the ones that are praying for your student, for the teenagers in our church. They're the ones that are meeting with them. They're the ones that are uh, spending time prior to COVID in small groups physically and having some great conversations. The best conversations you can have with a teenager, but they're still having them. And then through this COVID, uh, it's kind of shifted our student ministry and how we do student, uh, how we do our ministry and our small groups. And a lot of it has been through Zoom and virtual and and you guys understand how that has been in your personal life and it's been that much more difficult for our student ministry but these are the workers and this is what makes our student ministry happy happen and i'm so thankful and grateful for them um, i remember when i was in student ministry and when i was a teenager and i, I love my student pastor ron foster and just what a great man of God he was, but I specifically remember Sean Clements and Eric Eason, two men that volunteered just like these guys do and spent time with me, invested in me, discipled me, and to this day, I'm so thankful for a construction worker and a med student that poured into my life. And these are the people that are investing in our next generation and I'm so thankful for you guys. So would you please give it up for them? I, I wanted to highlight all of them because, again, these are the unsung heroes. But I specifically wanted to highlight one couple, and that is April and John Little. Um, they have been with us for the last two years. But when I got here, I, I kind of got a lot of the backstory and information and this couple has, uh, has been in the student ministry for the last 13 years. Many, many of our conversations have gone where I would mention something and either one of them would say, yeah, that's, that's what Matt, Matt used to do. And I'm like, Matt who? Like, uh, Matt Witzel, you know, he used to be here in the student ministry 13 years ago, and I'm like, I forget you've been here this long. And the fact that they have stuck through different student pastors, but ultimately their heart is for the students. 
And when we had this conversation, one of the things, yeah, give it up for them. One of the conversations that we had is they said, we, we want to we wanna wait till our, our seniors graduate. We, we want to stay and stick it out, which really shows their passion and their love for God, but also for these students. And so I'm super thankful for you guys. Thank you so much. But as we've talked about, we, we also want to celebrate our, our seniors. I know that um, as we're going to talk about this year was definitely uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that, um, that made this year uh, perhaps maybe not so great. But a lot of it is um, it shows your, your, um, your passion, but also just shows... Um, your courage and boldness through this, um, that even as your year was affected, uh, you remain faithful, and uh, God is still wanting to use you, and we're so excited for you and your next chapter in life, um, and, and so we wanted to celebrate them. We were supposed to do this back in May, uh, and so they've been patiently waiting for this, and we wanted to do it before they left. Many of them left for college, and so we're just going to call out their names, um, if you don't see them coming up on stage, that is because they're going to be a part of our second service. Um, so they're still going to be recognized. They're just not here with us this service. Um, and so as they're come up, coming up, we'll read some of their achievements and some of the things that God has allowed them to do. And you are more than welcome to clap for them, all right? So we're going to start with the ladies first. Uh, our first graduate is Brooklyn Mills from Weatherford High School. Next, we have Rachel Montagnon, North Crowley High School, top 10, uh, top 10 in her graduating class, member of the National Honor Society, completed more than 100 hours of community service in her four years of high school, and accompanying her is her sister, Alexis. We would give it up for her. Next, we have Ashton Williford from Temple Christian School. She um, it was a TAPS 4A state champion in the 4x400, first place TAPS photo contest, student life portrait, four years in National Honor Society, and 2019 homecoming queen. Next, we're honoring the guys that are graduating. Um, first, we have Micah Haley from Texas Virtual Academy. Next, we have Connor Hostetler from Centennial High School. Connor Sumakumlad, he was varsity football and wrestling team captain. He was a two-time wrestling state qualifier and all-district football team chin. Next, we have Jacob James from Crowley High School. Then we have Caleb Wagner from the Wagner Academy. Didn't catch he was homeschooled. <laughs> Caleb had completion of the Falls Creek 5K. He competed in upwards basketball from kindergarten through sixth grade. And his biggest achievement, surviving his three older siblings. So at this time, as a church, we just want to pray over uh, these graduates and celebrate them, but also pray for their parents. Their parenthood is not done for them. It's just going to look a little bit different. 
and that's part of the reason why we wanted you parents to be up here on stage because we wanted to pray for you and continue to support you through this next phase. So I'm going to ask if you are in here with, with us, would you stand up and let's just have a time of prayer for our graduates and their parents. Father God, thank you for this day and thank you for allowing us, God, to, to be here to celebrate the work that these students and parents have done, but ultimately the work that you have done in these families and through them. God, you have worked in their life. I know that these students have placed their faith in you, which allows us to be a true celebration. And God, we're just praying for the work that you will do through them as they take their next step and next chapter in life. I know many of them are entering the workforce, some of them are going into the army, some of them are going to college, and God, this is going to be a crucial time in their life that you will, con that we pray that you will continue to work in their lives, that you will guide each and every single step along the way, and that you would do some incredible things in them and through them. And God, we also want to pray for these parents and families, that God, as they enter that next stage of parenthood, God, that you would continue to give them wisdom and knowledge. Father, give them, the, the, give them the passion to continue to pray for their kids and that they would continue to help them and guide them along the way, that in the same way that you have worked in their lives, that you would continue to work in their lives, in the students' lives. So God, thank you so much for this church and thank you for allowing us to celebrate what you have done. Father, we love you and we pray this all in your name. Amen. Would you give it up for these graduates and these... And as they're making their way down, I would encourage you to look at the screens. As you can see, this year we have the opportunity to go to camp, and I know that this summer, again, I, I know we're going to continue to say this, but uh, 
this summer was different, and so was camp. Uh, camp was something that we always look forward to, and as I started thinking through, um, through camp, uh, you know, somebody asked me the question of, why are you still doing it? And I honestly had to sit back and, and truly think through that, and ultimately, camp is not the mission of our student ministry, just like camp is in the mission for our church. You know, our, our ministry, our, our mission as a student ministry is to help students find and follow Jesus. And so thinking through that, camp is just an avenue or a tool that we are able to use. And so we had the opportunity to go to camp, and so we wanted to use that tool this year. And I just wanted to take some time before we continue to truly thank you, church, whether you're here or online. Thank you so much for the example that you guys are. Our student ministry and our students have been blessed not only this year, but throughout the years because of Hallmark, because of people like you for many different reasons, but one of them is just your constant example. Many people have left this church better men and women for God because of you, because of the time that you've invested in them, because of the time that you've invested in prayer for them, and because of our student ministry teams and adult leaders that have been a part of our student ministry, ministry throughout the years. And so you have set an example, a great example for them to follow. But not only that, but financially, you guys just blow me away. We, we were thinking about camp, and camp was going to be less this year, but through that, we understand that families have multiple kids that are around the same age, so we knew that was going to be an issue. And I remember talking to Pastor John, and we were trying to figure out how do we fundraise money to help these students go to camp, and we talked as a ministry team. Uh, there was a lot of ideas. Uh, I, I will say one of them was uh, cow pie bingo. We were going to use the baseball field for that. We never really talked about it, so we never even told Matt about that either, Pastor Matt. Um, so we were looking for any and every way to fundraise money, and Pastor John just said, you know what, let's just try something simple. Let's just send out an email to our church and see what, 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 we, what we get, what, what kind of response we get from that. And in one email, we were able to raise close to $5,000 to help these students go to camp. And so I just want to thank you guys. And because of your generosity, we were able to take 34 students with us. And out of those 34 students, some of them had been a part of our church for a long time. Some of them were fairly new, and some of them, this was probably one of the first few times that they had in, been involved with our student ministry or with our church. And God truly moved in their lives. We were able to have great conversations, we were able to start planting seeds, and we were able to see two students give their life to Jesus. And so again, from me, and from our student ministry team and from our students, we truly want to say thank you. With that being said, we had one of our students who gave her life to Jesus uh, record her testimony. So if you would watch the screen. My name is Gordon and I would like to share my salvation story. My salvation story is when my life was like a roller coaster because I didn't have Jesus in my life. 
then something happened to my mom. She lost her job, and she wasn't working for a while, and it was hard on us for some time. But then a few weeks later, one of my mom's close friends offered her a job. Once I found out, I was like, wow, that is such a blessing to God, to my family. While I was at church camp last week, God made me realize how much I need him in my life. So I prayed and asked him into my life. Then when I got back from church camp, I found out that my dad wasn't feeling so good, so he went to the hospital, but now he's better now. But that made me realize and think how good God is sometimes. I mean, God is good all the time. Amen. And thank you. That is my salvation story. My name is Glory Thank you. So as I was preparing for today, actually back in March and April, knowing that I was going to have to preach in May for graduation, so I've had several months uh, that God has been preparing this message for um, in me. But one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that, um, that this message was for our seniors and our graduates, but also a message for us, adults, parents, grandparents, wherever, whatever stage of life you're in. And I think that's the beauty of it is that, that God's word applies wherever you are in life. If you're far from God or if you're close to him, if you're a kid, a teenager, a graduate, a parent, a grandparent, whatever stage of life, it still applies. Truth is truth, and it applies to all of us. And so as I was thinking, I was trying to figure out what to teach on. And as I mentioned before, and like I said, I'm, I'm 2020 has been a roller coaster of a ride. There's a lot of things that we never thought we would experience in our lifetime. And 2020 has brought a lot of things that, if we're honest, we probably never want to experience ever again. Ever. Right? And so, I started thinking, God, just as things have, are looking different now, you're, you've been the one constant. God has been the one that's been faithful, constant, and at work. See, his, his plans haven't changed. His purpose and mission hasn't changed. Our world might look different, but he hasn't changed. And so one of the passages that kept replaying in my mind over and over again was a passage found in John 20. So if you guys have your Bibles, if you have your devices, you can start turning there. Uh, John 20, verse 19 is where we'll pick it up. And you guys, are, as you're turning there, I'll give you a little background to this, this passage. Jesus has been doing ministry for three years, and he's had some helpers along the way. He's had... A, a posse of disciples along with him. And in the previous chapters, Jesus has been crucified. Jesus has died. And the disciples at this current moment are locked in their home, locked in a home, scared. Now, again, if you're reading in 
John 19 and 20, we know that Jesus came back to life, but the disciples, they don't know this, which is interesting, though, because Jesus told them several times, right? I'm, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come back multiple times, and the disciples still didn't listen. Sounds like many of your kids, right? And so Jesus tells them, I'm going to come back. They don't really believe it, and they don't know that. And that's when we pick up the story in John 20, verse 19. This is what it says. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Verse 24, now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the disciples... So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, a couple of parallels that we can draw from then and now. The first thing that I want you guys to notice is that there's drastic change happening in the life of the disciples. I mean, these disciples had given everything to follow Jesus for three years. This is all they knew for three years. 24 hours a day, seven days a week for three years. This was their leader. And all of a sudden, he's gone. All of a sudden, there's change. I I joke with my wife, but change is something that I personally don't like in my life. When she changes coffee. Steph, what what, what did you do here? You know I like my Dunkin' coffee. (laughs) What you doing to me? When she gets the different type of creamer, my hands get a little sweaty. And I don't know what to do. So I personally don't like change. We don't like change. And the disciples here have experienced drastic change. Not only that, but they're also found locked away in a home. It's interesting. These disciples were quarantining themselves before it was cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
I've been dying to tell that joke for the longest. Just ask my coworkers, okay? But they were, they were locked in a home. They were locked because they were fearful. They were scared. They thought that the same thing that happened to Jesus was going to happen to them. There was a reason why Peter denied Jesus three times, right? Because he didn't want to face the consequences that Jesus was facing. And so these men are locked up because they are fearful for their life and scared because of the change that's happening. Not only were, was their drastic change locked in a home, but their future was unknown. Their leader, who told them what to do, led every step of the way, was no longer there. What was their future going to look like? What was going to happen from now on? And they were nervous. They were scared. Because their leader was gone. Or so they thought. Because this is when Jesus enters the picture, right? And I don't know about you, but that's usually when the story gets good, right? Like when Jesus comes in, all of a sudden, ooh, it's about to get good, okay? And so Jesus comes in, and just like every other time, when Jesus comes in, everything changes. When Jesus enters the story, when Jesus enters the picture, everything is different, and everything changes. And so you look at the parallels between then and now, and there's drastic change for many of us. Look at our graduates, and all of a sudden you're no longer the kid, you're considered an adult. Now some of you guys are like, I've been an adult for quite a while, all right? But until the bills start coming, that's when adulthood starts. But you will start seeing that life is now different, that you're no longer in high school. Parents, you will start seeing that parenting, you thought it was hard then, possibly will get harder now. And we have experienced that for some of us. But I know that for 2020, many of us have experienced change as well. Drastic change. We've been locked in our homes from time to time over these last few months. And for some of us, even more than halfway through 2020, our future still seems uncertain. There are still things that we have no idea how they're going to get done. But just as back then, as Jesus entered the picture, here's what I want you to see. That Jesus brings a few things. Verse 19, it says that Jesus comes into the picture and he provides peace. He says, peace be with you. And this peace is more than just the, the fullness of the happiness of life. There's more significance into this. He's talking about the peace that is found in him. The fulfillment of life in him. Peace. Be with you. I am with you. Not only does he provide peace, but he also gives them a mission. He kind of gives them the precursor to the Great Commission in verse 21. 
He says, just as God, the Father, has sent me, I will send you. You disciples will continue the mission. You will continue the work that I have started. Peace, a mission. But he also understands that we can't do it on our own. He understands how essential the Holy Spirit is, and so he supplies the help. He brings the Holy Spirit because he knows the Holy Spirit, the power and the ability comes from him to accomplish the mission. And the same thing that Jesus provided them back then is the same thing that we need today. We need to remember that Jesus provides the peace, that he's given us a mission, and that he's also supplied the help for us. Because Jesus will show himself to you in order to accomplish his mission through you. Because here's what I want you to kind of remember. We, we kind of looked at the first few verses, but verse 24 and on, I, I want you to realize that eight days after Jesus showed himself to the disciples, he showed himself again to the disciples plus Thomas. Now, I did find something interesting that eight days later, these same disciples were locked in a home again. I was like, yo, but you saw him already. Like, why are you scared again? Why are you afraid? And it just, it was kind of a revelation to me to know that Jesus is persistent. Jesus never gives up. Jesus pursues us because he did it with the disciples. He showed himself again and again to make sure that they understood who he was and what he had called them to. And because he did it in the lives of the disciples, I know that he wants to do that in my life. I know that he wants to do that in your life. Think about your life how many times, whether your life has been short because you're a kid or a teenager or it's been a bit longer for some of us, think about how many times Jesus has shown himself to you over and over and over and over again. I know there's been plenty of times in my life when Jesus has shown himself to me in some of the darkest times in my life, when I've been stressed out, when there's been anxiety in my life, depression in my life, temptation in my life, disobedience in my life, when I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm scared and I'm fearful, and Jesus still shows up over and over and over again in my life, and I know that you can attest to that. I know that you have experienced that as well. But as we mentioned, the story is never the same once Jesus shows up, right? Because what I find interesting is you look at John 20 and you go a few chapters later to the next book in Acts, and these same men that were locked away in a home, scared, fearful, unknown of their future, all of a sudden, things are different. 
These same men are preaching, are flipping the world upside down in the name of Jesus. He's trying to do the same in our lives. Those times when there's change, when our future is unknown, God wants to flip the world because his mission hasn't changed for us. And so I know that when Jesus shows up in your life, it's for two things. Because he wants a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you, and because he wants to continue to encourage you to go out and do the mission he's called you to. Those are the two things. He showed up in the disciples' life at the very beginning and said, come, follow me. They did. And he came back and told them, hey, just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And so I know for some of you, God has been showing up in your life. You might not be aware of it, but he's showing up because he wants a personal relationship with you. In the book of Romans, Paul talks about that we are born sinners, that there's nothing good in us. It says that we have fallen short of God's standard. And there's nothing that we can do to get to God. But then he goes on to say in chapter 6, that those, that sin, the consequences, the wages of it is death, eternal separation from God. But the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. I remember being in eighth grade when my stepdad told me about the good news. And I had grown up in church. I had gone to, to, to church, and I remember my dad telling me this. He said, Jesus has a gift for you. But that gift doesn't become yours until you receive it. That gift is available to anyone and everyone. But you have to make it personal and receive that gift. And then for the rest of us that do have a personal relationship with him, that have received this gift of salvation, Jesus is calling you and reminding you, I am with you. Peace be with you. There's a mission out there. Whether you're a kid, a teenager, an adult going to college or the workforce, a parent, just an adult. There's a mission out there for you. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what life looks like, there's a mission for you. I've prepared good works for you to accomplish. My challenge is are we doing that? What are those works today? What are those works for us this week? Let's go out and do it in the name of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for this day. And I thank you for lives that we got to celebrate and the works that we got to celebrate that you were able to accomplish in them and through them. God, I want to pray for the, the people in here that 
Maybe they've heard of the name of Jesus and they've heard what he's done on the cross, but they have never made it a personal choice. God, I pray that they would seek possibly one of our, our, our staff members or, or maybe the person that invited them to church this morning or the person that shared the stream on Facebook or YouTube, God. That, God, that, that they would ask questions and that they would find true forgiveness and hope in you. God, I also pray for the ones that are here that this year has looked so different and there's been so many thoughts and doubts that have crept in. Help us to be reminded that you have been there all the way, the whole time. Help us to be reminded of that. Help us to receive that peace that our life in the midst of chaos, in the midst of change, would be constant because you're there. And that we wouldn't forget what you've called us to, the great mission, to tell others about the good news of you, to baptize them in the name of you, to disciple them in the name of you. God, I pray for today, and I pray for this week, that we would go out and do what you've called us to do. Father, we love you, and we pray this in your name.